0: All right, welcome everybody to our latest Between the Races podcast on the MX Vice Network. Thank you everyone for listening and supporting the site. We really appreciate it. we first like to thank our sponsors in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherby's AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course even strikes for all their incredible support, as without them, none of this would be possible. All right, for this episode, we have another Aussie motocross focus show. As I'm joined by special guest Mick Sinclair, who's well known in the industry and one of the key driving forces behind the upcoming Australian Supercross Championship. How's life? And thanks for joining us, mate.
1: Hey, Ed. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. It's it's really good to uh, to be on a show with MX Vice. I'm uh, I've been a fan of MX Vice for a while. Uh, a bit of a, a distant fan, but um, yeah, I'm super excited to be here doing this show with you. Yeah
0: mate, it's awesome. So firstly, I guess for a lot of US listeners, a lot of them know you, a lot of European listeners know you, Aussie ones know you, but for anyone that doesn't, first tell us a little bit about yourself, what your role is with Oz Supercross and how you got into moto growing up and all that kind of thing.
1: Um, it's two pretty big questions there, but I guess <laughs> let's start with um, who I am. So yeah, Mick Sinclair. I've um, come and gone and, and been around this industry for uh, the most part of 25 years. Um, I'm 40 now. So, yeah, you know, I, I, my first job was, you know, was in moto and, and um, I've, um, yeah, it's been around it ever since. I, I've had roles at Fox Racing here in Australia. Um, I've worked across the World Supercross events, um, X Opens. I've uh, had roles, um, you know, well, a long time ago now with Krusty Demons of Dirt when they first started touring here in Australia um i've worked with nitro circus live um so on their stage shows here um in new zealand and and all over the place and uh yeah now i'm at ame so we are the promoter of the australian supercross championship i've been here for six six, seven months um and yeah we're just about to get get into round one uh in adelaide next weekend
0: Yeah, it's exciting times ahead, mate. How has it all been for you since you've started that role? You've been making some really good progress. A lot of the riders I've spoken to are pretty excited about the new series and some of the things you've implemented, mate. So it's all been good since you've started back, mate. Bit of an adjustment, but looks like you hit the ground running well and truly.
1: Definitely hit the ground running here. Uh, I mean, AME is a a small team, but... um... It's a, it's a small but mighty team, I call it. Um, we've got some great people in there, super motivated, um, all relatively new to the business. Um, AME's been around for, you know, 10 plus years, but the lineup that we've got in that office now, um, uh, you know, all been there within one or two years. Um, and we're, we're super excited for Australian Supercross. Um, and we know that, um, you know, at the beginning of last year, Australian Supercross was in a bit of a reset mode. Um and they got four great rounds last year. Um but they were all done through different promoters. So we've taken it all in-house. Um AME's promoting every round now moving forward. And um yeah we we're in for a great season. Um, we rolled out a, a a few really good initiatives, which no doubt we'll talk about. Um, but you know, just, just looking at the lineup, you know, round one last year, uh, had 41 entries for round one this year we're sitting at 125 which is um which is great and that's across all three class uh, sorry four classes because we've introduced the cr2285 cup and i mean that's been a huge part of of the rider increase but even across all classes we've, we've seen uh we've got huge numbers massive increases from last year and um yeah it's looking really good
0: yeah, the entry list is really strong, mate, across all the classes really, isn't it? Like you've got Brayton returning and then you've got the Aussie guys too and you've got Dean Wilson, you've obviously got Tanti, Cloud. As you go through the list, it's massive Metcalf, still racing. Yeah. yeah, Webster's obviously these kind of guys. Josh Hill, like you said. Wageman, obviously Max Dancy's back again. So, you know, it must be pretty exciting. Do you have a lot of interaction with the teams and they keep you updated with everything? And it's pretty cool to see all these names because it's a good timing as well because it's off-season and there must be a lot of eyes obviously going to from overseas i know that a lot of people are watching it keeping an eye on it it's an exciting series that's definitely a good action mate so i guess entry list firstly and how's that adelaide shaping up mate because it's going to be pretty uh close action isn't it mate and it must have been a bit of a logistical nightmare getting that one organized as well
1: yeah it's an interesting one um we weren't originally going to have round one at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. It was always at, um, it was planned to be at the showgrounds, but we got an opportunity with a rare date opening to go back indoors. And when we sat around at the start of the year and when I come on board and we spoke about, you know, what, what are we going to do with Australian Supercross? Like, what's our theme? And I suggested let's bring back the best of Supercross. Um, and some of those days for me, um, being 40, you know, that some of the best days of supercross is the supercross masters. Um, they were great events back in the day. So I thought, look, we've got this opportunity to take one back indoors. Let's do it. Um, and our team agreed. We spoke to, um, the the teams, um, you know, for the most part, everyone was stoked to go, to go back indoors and give it a shot, but yeah, it's, it's, logistically it's it's actually not that bad um it's probably easier to do than an outdoor one because there's there's less dirt um everything's really close the pits are also indoor um so from a yeah logistics point of view it's it's probably easier than running an outdoor one in a bigger stadium but it's going to be good yeah look the track's going to be small it's going to be tight um we've got you know 10 guys we've got 10 gates um so we've got you know 30 odd guys going for those 10 spots so you know what that's going to mean you know um from the heat races we take the top two into the main and then the rest go to the lcq and from there the next four go in so i mean as a fan i can't wait just to sit back and watch it because it's it's going to be on
0: yeah mate absolutely and the riders will be looking forward to it it's something different as well they always like to be challenged and i guess you've got a pretty cool tv package to share across australia and various regions as well so everyone can enjoy the action even if they can't make it.
1: Yeah, it's true. We've got um, a great TV package this year again. So in Australia, it will be streamed live on 7 Plus. So you'll be able to sit on your couch at home and, and watch it on TV live. Um, and then for our international guests, um, which I have, we haven't really announced this yet. Um, it, it's coming out next Tuesday, but we'll, we'll drop the bomb here anyway. So uh, for our international guests, you're going to be able to watch it live on WSX uh, dot tv our, our friends over at uh, world supercross they've got a great streaming platform um, and anyone outside australia will be able to watch it live um, on wsx.tv
0: Oh, that's super cool, mate. And how have the ticket sales been across? Maybe we'll focus on the Adelaide one, obviously strong attendance expected. And then the Newcastle one, a lot of people get most pumped about that one as well mm-hmm. in the stadium there. And the pits is a really good vibe. And then heading to Melbourne for the last one, joined up with the World Supercross. Everything's yep. heading in the right direction. Yeah. Reckon... Engagement seems to be good. You guys are doing a good job promoting it on social media and these Thanks. kinds of platforms, mate. So how's
1: it all been on that aspect? Really good. Um, Adelaide's a sleepy old town, so there's still some tickets left, but uh, we've got, um, for the most part, it's, it's going to look great. Um, the stadium's going to be going to be full. Um, uh, like like I said, there's still tickets available, but we know that Adelaide has a strong um, walk-up market, so um, we're expecting to have a full stadium there. Newcastle's, um, you know, they had 17,000 there last year, or 17 and a half. Um, we're aiming for 20-plus this year, and and we're on track for that um newcastle is traveling along really nice um and, and so is melbourne you know melbourne's the the marquee event isn't it marble stadium um we partner with world supercross on it it's the friday night before so we're um i think last year they had fifteen thousand there too so we're uh, on track to do that again and um or, or even more um so it's, it's looking quite healthy yeah, I was hearing some talks from my boss today saying some of those
0: SMX rounds, you know, I think it was the middle one, got 20,000. So to be pulling those kind of numbers, it's pretty impressive for Australian Supercross, isn't it, mate?
1: Yeah, no, we're, we, we um, you know, we, we need the numbers, but we also work really hard for it. We, um, we've we got the show element involved in our events. It's just not all racing. There's a whole show component to it. And um, yeah, I, I hope that we um, can give everyone the experience that they're hoping for. I know we always try, aim to go over and beyond, um, and you know, um, people put their hard-earned dollars down for a ticket, so we want to give them a really great experience and and uh, make sure they come back next time.
0: Yeah, and obviously get the kids introduced to it and get them right into it, which is a great yeah. time to sort of talk about the Chad Reed CR22 Cup, mate. It's a really yep exciting addition to the series and obviously listen to your podcast with Trent from moto limited, which is really cool. Listen as well. The entries have been really good for that mate. So how much excitement is building around that and how cool is it working with Chad Reed as well? A man, you know, pretty well, I reckon.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, for those who haven't listened to that Moto Limited show, and uh, it's it really come about, um, I, was, I was having a phone call with Chad one day and we were working out how to use Chad again as an ambassador for Newcastle Supercross. Um, last year, his whole family come out and it was all about the return of their reeds in their hometown. Um, and that had been done and we really needed to do something else. So I suggested that we name a class after his honour. Um, and my idea was the SX3 class, um, you know, the 14 or 16, uh, 14, or 18 year olds, um, lights class. He's not a huge fan of that class, believe it or not. Um, he feels that you know, if once you're 16, you should be into that pro rank, you should be riding SX2 or into 450s, like they were, like we were back in the day. Um, as soon as you hit 16, you are up and battling with the big boys. So he didn't really want to do SX3, however. He was really keen to reintroduce eighty-five racing back to in, back to Supercross in Australia. Um, for a few reasons, obviously, uh, his son's riding Supercross now, and he's, his is Tate's looking really good on that bike. Unfortunately, he won't make it out to Adelaide, but he's going to be here for Newcastle and Melbourne. Um, but not only that, uh, he started his career uh, Supercross career in Australia on an eighty, um, and other than I think, you know, the occasional race they do in the U S um, Australia is really the only place they have ever really, they've raced 80 for eighties or 85s uh, for supercross. So that's something he said he always had over Ricky and James. Um, he got to start it so young and we could really see with the numbers had been dropping off over the years. It wasn't that stepping stone um, into the pro ranks or even the SX three class. So it was super important to bring that back and, um, and I wasn't expecting to have the level of entries for it that we did I thought we might get you know 10 to 15 if we got 10 20 great um but to have you know just under I think we're at 39 Um, we've got, we got a wait list of three because we're taking 36 to Adelaide is is amazing and it's something that he's really proud of it's something that that I'm um, super proud of as well and um this you know it's here to stay and this 85 class is just gonna uh, you know, keep help us fill gates down the track. Um, and that's something that Australian Supercross has been struggling with and until now. And hopefully we can keep that going.
0: Yeah, mate. Obviously, it's a key sort of step in the formative years of these young riders and having that opportunity and that framework. So cool what you've done there with Chad because, you know, where do you get the experience? Otherwise, it's one thing training, like everyone says, and the next is racing and getting your feet wet. So it's pretty cool, mate. It's,
1: I will but- say it's not just him, we're putting his name on it either like um, he's there to give the guys a hand. A lot of these kids uh, never raced in a stadium and, and never in front of a big crowd. So we're doing a mentor session with these 85 kids on the Friday night in Adelaide. So uh, we'll, we'll kick everyone out of the stadium uh, or off the track and we'll have these 36 riders do a track walk with Chad um, and a few other key riders too. And, and they'll just walk the track together, have a chat. They'll have a meet and greet that photo up with him. And then he'll walk around the track and, not a coaching session as such, but it'd be, Hey, what I think I would do here is this, and you should try this. And um, you know, um, the bigger bikes, you might see them do this, but on an 85, you might only be able to do this to try and set them up. So they're not going out there um, on that first practice session um, without having any idea. So we've put that in place on that Friday night where they'll get that one-on-one well, not one-on-one time, but they'll get that time with Chad and uh, hopefully it it eases some of the nerves for them and gives them that first look at the track before they have to go out and and blast on it on Saturday morning. That's a great measure, mate, just to
0: sort of give them a how-to and what to do and, you know, give them a bit of boost of confidence and know what they are expecting to be doing because there's probably no one else better just about in the world to teach them than him. So that's pretty cool, mate. But I guess there's some cool guys in that entry list too. we got Reed and Townley as well. So the fans will be, you know, cheering them and you'll be, I guess, setting the groundwork for the next generation of Aussie Supercross stars and Kiwis and everything. And I believe you even had some US guys wanting to come and race it too, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I was talking to Daniel Blair early on um, and he had a couple of guys that were super keen to come out. didn't happen this year, but um, next year it will um and there was another uh his name was Ryder. i can't remember his surname but he's interested in coming out and i still think he is his dad was excuse me talking to um, the guys at motorcycling australia today about bringing him out and getting his uh, FIM or his uh ma license sorted so yeah it's great to have some interest from the u.s um obviously levi coming out from new zealand's going to be great too i mean he's an amazing rider and um I've seen some video footage of him. We did a cool little feature of him to put on our social and he's riding great. So, But not only Tate and Chad, like there's a lot of footage circulating around social media at the moment with these 85 kids and they're ripping. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fearless, aren't they? They're riding really good. And again, um, I can't wait to see it. It's just going to be as a fan of Supercross, um, even though I'll be on the floor hustling, but as, as a fan, I just can't wait to watch it yeah and those
0: classes they do provide a lot of entertainment like i guess in the pro mx with the all the classes but a lot of people really love that mx3 class so provides really good racing mate so we're we'll looking forward to that and another cool initiative you've implemented is the privateer program some really cool paychecks for these guys that do it tough and they are the lifeblood of the sport so you must have some great feedback about that mate really cool boost for everyone involved isn't it and just to get those last few guys on the gate because we need them don't we you can't just have 10 factory guys or whatever you need those extras don't you mate
1: It was good feedback. I don't think the way it was delivered to us was great. Um, There was definitely uh, some interesting conversations. Like I said, I've only been here uh, for seven months. And as I started, you know, I I left when I left Fox, I went to work with Harley Davidson. Um, I was at Fox for 10 years and before that again I'd worked um, it, with Uribe at full throttle sports and and I'd always been around it by the time I left fox I was really kind of burnt out with supercross I was kind of done with it um I'd known nothing else forever um I started racing when I was four and, and you know everything we did up then so I kind of took a step back from it I was a little bit burnt so I really yeah moved away from it during that that those eight years I was at harley-davidson Um, so it was a bit of a surprise when I came back to AME and started paying attention and started listening to a lot of the noise on social media. Um, and it really all came from one group, which, you know, for the most part was the privateers or their parents. And I was like, holy fuck, like what's going on with this? Why, why is it like this for starters? So I had a few conversations, um, with, privateers and their parents and one guy in particular uh he was he was the loudest noise on social media and no matter what we said we were going to do or what we did it was never good enough and he was a pain in the ass um and i straight up told him that but he didn't care uh so i thought you know what let's have a catch up he, he lives around the corner from me known him for a very long time um but like i said i'd taken a step back so i didn't realize what was you know, I still don't think it was that bad. Australian Supercross was good last year. It was really good. Um, but um, there's some things that could have been done better, obviously. So I caught up with this guy, long story short, and I, I sat there with a piece of paper and wrote down everything here to say. Um, for the most part, I stayed quiet and just listened. Um, some of the things he said I didn't agree with and still don't Um but a lot of the things he said was really valid. So from that meeting with him, I um, went back to our team because they were all across the, you know, the social media stuff too that, that had been said. So they were they all knew of it. Um, we went back and we come back and put this thing together. So we we put a package together. We've called it the uh, privateer support program um, within that there's probably eight elements of how we're really helping privateers to get them to the races and, and to try and get more of them um, to the races. And, you know, before we go through it, it's, it's proving that it's worked. So people were talking, we listened, we rolled this out and it's, uh, it's been, it's been really good so far. So, um, you know, we haven't even got to round one, but gates are full um, and people are happy with, with what we rolled out with it. And
0: it's pretty cool. You see some of those privateers like Richo and Elijah Weezy getting a bit of banter going as well, mate, to sort of build it up before they drop the gate. So I guess you'd probably yeah. get a bit of satisfaction seeing that kind of thing too.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah, it's great to see uh, a bit of a switch in or a pivot in the way people are talking about Australian Supercross right now. And, and again, by by all means, that wasn't just me; it was our whole team that. That, that come together to put this out and, and not, not even us. There's also our partners like MX store really jumped in to help out too. So, um, you know, for, for, for example, that, that I guess the biggest part of it is that privateer payout. Um, so MX store said they'll, they'll donate $10,000 across the championship. So across the three rounds and um, they're going out with a thousand dollars, an extra thousand dollars on top of the prize money um, to the first placed privateer, at each round in SX one SX two and SX three plus there's a hundred bucks for the fastest qualifier in, in um, each of those classes too. So it's, it's really cool what MX store did there. Um, another um, part of the feedback was our prize money. So last year uh, we paid prize money from first to 10th um, this year. it's It's gone out to from first to 20th and um, the overall prize pool has increased dramatically or significantly, I should say. Um, so that's great. So lots, lot, lot, uh, a lot more guys we paid, and and the idea was whoever makes the final or score points at least gets their prize money back. Um, we uh, sorry their entry fee back. We didn't quite get there with that, but we got really close. Yeah, but that's really cool. still, from first to twentieth, I, I get prize money, which is good. A big difference from first to tenth. What else have we got? Photo content was one. So a lot of the guys, yeah. privateer guys were complaining that they had to pay for content at these races and it was too hard to access content, not even to pay for it. It's It was too hard to access. So we've hired extra photographers um, the day after each race. We're going to send out a Dropbox link to all competitors and there'll be a bunch of images um, of every rider that they'll have access to, which they can use across their social media. Um, and that's all free of charge. We're not charging them for that. It's not a part of their entry fee. It's just that's something that we're doing. The same uh, thing with video content you'll notice a lot of the video content comes out from you know from us or promoters or or sponsors it's all around their their factory guys so um mm-hmm. mx store are going to every race and they're going to do a bit video piece on the privateers which is really cool um we have large pit parties at every event like same as what they have in the u.s so um amongst the trucks we're going to set up areas for privateers to to set up they'll have it they'll have access to like a a tent or a um a marquee they'll have there'll be tables there'll be chairs there'll be texters and they can go and uh, take a seat at a table amongst the pit parties and get amongst it and get around the fans too so rather than being tucked away at the back in their in their van um they'll be able to get uh right in the thick of it with in our pit parties as well so that's just a couple of things we you know we're doing rider profiles of each rider on our website um we're offering um tickets to all the privateers to invite their sponsors to the last round in melbourne you know they we're making them work for that i mean they've got to do some social content for us um to push every round and once they you know if, if they do promote every round for us we'll reward them with some tickets um we always ask all these guys to promote the events for us and we'll think well why why should they um so now we've got an incentive there for them uh, to promote the events for us on social media. So it's, um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot on there, um, but it's worked really well. And I you can tell we're going from 41 entries around one last year to 125 this year when the markets got tougher, times have got tougher. Um, but it's obviously we're doing something right with this, and and the feedback's been really good.
0: Yeah, that's really cool, mate. Obviously, you're learning from what the riders want and what people in the sport want and I guess learning from the lessons of the past and you must have a pretty cool future plans as well for growth. Obviously, your probably number one idea would be to get some more rounds in there, but three is going to be a great starting place. I know everyone wants more rounds in Australian motocross, outdoors and indoors, mate. So, but really cool that you and the team seem to be really on the same page with the riders and the teams about elevating the sport and elevating what you're doing, so I guess you're kind of streamlining things. Obviously, it was a little bit disjointed last year's you know series with the promotional issues and yeah, I guess the TV package wasn't universal either, was it? So I guess you're setting the standards high, mate. That's what you want to keep doing moving forward as well, I'd imagine.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, we yeah, definitely we want to promote all the events. I mean, we won't. Uh, won't won't say there there will never be a different promoter if they want to do another round. But at this stage, there's no plans that it, it we want to do it um next year, whether it goes you know four to five rounds that's still um on the cards. But we're in a really good spot to announce um next year's championship um around Newcastle Supercross. So you know the the, the dates for this year didn't come out till March or May, um where we're we're in a place uh, we're working with venues, um different venues from this year. Um, Well, a couple of different venues anyway. And um, yeah, we're in a really good spot to announce the next year's dates um, later in the year. I'll be definitely anxiously awaiting that one, mate.
0: Should be some cool stuff in store, no doubt. And I guess with your work, do you gain influences and and look for ideas from, I guess, SMX, that sort of stuff, and in America and WSX and even other sports? Obviously, you're a pretty experienced man in your career as well, so you must have a lot of insight and knowledge. So you look outside the sports to get some cool ideas how to make things better as well? A little bit.
1: I would say the biggest influence on my work personally has been my relationships with some of the team owners like Craig Dak, um obviously Yareev, uh coming in back into this space, not talking so much and doing a little a lot more listening to their feedback. And then obviously the privateers has been a huge influence of what we've done this year. So I wouldn't say, yeah, obviously I watch um Supercross in the US and and I've got a little bit to do with World Supercross, but in terms of the, what's influenced me this year to do what we've done with Australian Supercross. It's more been looking in our own backyard and listening to the guys, you know, who are, who are doing it.
0: Yeah. Well said, mate. And obviously you're a very driven, you seem like a really genuine bloke and, you know, a bit of a straight shooter, mate. So there's no sort of bullshit policy going on. So how do you describe yourself as a person? <laughs> and what makes you a great fit for the role?
1: Oh, I, mean, I don't know how I explain myself. I mean, some people say you never die wondering with me. Um, <laughs> But uh, look, I, yeah, like anyone, you just tr- treat everyone with respect. And I, I mean, I've definitely changed a lot as a person over the years. I remember time at Fox, you know, as I was a kid, 24, 25, going to every single race, you know, as, as doing it as a living Um, social media, just kicked in, you know, there was a lot of egos flying around back in those th- days. I'm a lot older now. I'm, you know, 15 years older since I started doing that. And I'm definitely uh, doing a lot more listening and, and less talking these days than what I used to do uh, back in the day when I was a kid running around, you know, the races as, as a gear guy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just really stoked to be back in this space. Like I said, I fell out of, um, I, I, my, I lost my passion there for a little bit. I was burned out by motocross and supercross. I had a young family and um, I was a bit tired of going away every weekend and doing that so I really uh, fell out of it but since I, I got the phone call from uh, Kelly to come across to AME which is Adam Bailey's wife and they've been great friends of mine you know shit the last 20 years um, I've definitely found the passion back for motocross and supercross and I'm really loving what I'm doing um, I'm I'm finding it very rewarding that hearing a lot of the positive feedback we're getting around the series already, and we haven't even started just based off the things we've been rolling out. And uh, yeah, this is exactly where I want to be. Um, uh, This is what I'm made for. I love this space and I'm just, you know, had a little bit of a break, but I'm, I'm back and um, yeah, I'm loving it again.
0: Yeah. Refreshed and recalibrated, mate, fully motivated to make the series as good as possible as has That's been shown by what you're producing. So I guess what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you've encountered Since coming back into this arena, it's obviously a lot you do every day. And I guess you just take it in your stride because you just, you know, love what you're doing, I guess.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I mean, well, the the feedback was a challenge and and the way people were talking about Australian Supercross and, and AME uh really i found that challenging um at first i wanted to get really defensive and and you know you could sit back and say well you guys try and run it and no one you know it, it's it's not that easy it's only 3 rounds yeah but it's a lot of work to run 3 rounds um 3 rounds like this so at first i found it challenging not to snap back and and be that guy and and that was probably the biggest challenge was to actually stop listen and act on it rather than, and be rational rather than shooting before asking questions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously you probably being knowing Adam so well, he's so driven and motivated to make WSX all it can be. And he's copped a lot of criticism, but you got to respect the man for all (laughs) he's doing to make that series work. And, you know, haven't done a podcast with him, In the last few months, you know, you could just see the passion comes out. So really, he just loves it. But he must have, you know, pretty thick skin like yourself, anyone doing this, because the criticism of that's probably been pretty unjustly harsh. You know, you look at the SMX rounds and they've sort of been like, oh, yeah, they'll get it right in the future. But WSX has been a bit of a pile on spoken to people. So they just need to kind of give it a chance. There's so much that goes into making it, but he knows the work now is, you know, going to pay off in the future to bring supercross to the world. So I guess yeah. you must have some pretty cool conversations with him and be bouncing ideas <laughs> off each other and get an insight mm-hmm. into how challenging it is for him because he does yeah. have a very sort of positive persona and outlook, but he must go through some seriously tough days too.
1: It'd be you'd be very surprised how little Adam and I talk um at the moment. You know, where I'm super busy with Australian Supercross and he's flat out with World Supercross. But I'm always you know, he's like I said, he's been um one of my really good friends for many years. Uh, He's always been a huge influence on my work career. Um, I definitely admire his courage and um, the way he handles himself. And I've learned a lot recently over the past six months um, about how you should handle situations, not by having conversations with him, but just by watching the way he's handled himself on Twitter and in the media and how he's remained so calm and positive. Now I know behind closed doors, it probably hasn't always been like that, but on social media, uh, you know, he's always killed people with kindness. He's always had a really great knack of um, defusing a situation or defusing a pack of people just going nuts at something. Um, And I've watched that from afar and, and, and that's something that I've taken into my role here and um, being able to adapt to is the way you handle and react to to things and people.
0: Yeah, that's good. There's definitely some similarities with how you guys approach it. Obviously, you listen and talk to people to make things better and you could definitely see that even from round one and two of WSX last year. He's like, yeah, we made mistakes. We're going to try all we can to fix them. It's not going to be perfect. It's the first one. And come the Melbourne round, there was changes made and he knows there's going to be more changes. But you got to have a crack and that's what you got to admire about you know, these trailblazers that are just doing their best, you know, you can all sit back and like you said, it on the couch, but to actually make it happen, that's a pretty cool and a pretty special person with a really good mindset to have a crack, isn't it, mate? Because it's certainly not yeah. easy. And how excited are you for the future of WSX? You think it's a really good project long-term as well, mate?
1: Oh, absolutely. From what I know of it, I mean, I, I'm... AME, uh, World Supercross are a client of AME. So we uh, build all their content and we run their social channels. Um, So uh, we're privy to a little bit, but not obviously everything. Um, But yeah, look, there's no secrets that that they had a couple of dramas this year, but it's in really good hands. Um, Bailey, uh, you know, his team that he's got up there on the Gold Coast and now we're working with them a lot more. Uh, we're working with them a lot more closer to now. Um, and, yeah, I think the series is in great hands. The, the plans for next year sound great. We're still going to roll out another two amazing events this year. Um, Abu Dhabi is going to be fantastic. It's, it's a real shame I actually can't get to Abu Dhabi because my kids have got their BMX nationals. Um, so I'm going to have to miss out on that one, unfortunately. And then it's set to, set to be huge. We've got some really good PR activities being planned for that to drive a lot of hype. Um, in the lead up to it. And um, it's going to be great. And then, yeah, next year moving forward, they've got the right people in place up there and, and just knowing how motivated Bailey is to make this thing happen and, and kick off. And, you know, I think in three, four, five years time, everyone's going to sit back and, and they would have forgot about year one or two. And it's going to be, you know, great moving forward. It's in really good hands.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. And- haven't spoken to Jeff Emig last week on a podcast. He obviously commentates it and he was saying there's so much scope for growth because, you know, 70% of dirt bikes are sold outside of the USA. So that sort of says it all, mate, when you start hitting places like Brazil and those Asian markets and, you know, yeah. even sprinkling it in that North American and Europe and UK, there's just so much scope there, isn't there, mate?
1: I'll have to go and suss out that show. I didn't realise you did one with Jeff last, Jeff's, um, he, he, it's funny. He was my childhood hero growing up and, and, during my time at Fox, we got to to meet and know each other and work together, and now we're great friends. So um, that's probably, you know, over the 30, uh, what is it, 25 years that I've been working in the industry is probably one of my, the biggest highlights for me is, is with uh, the relationship I've got with Fro now. is was always pretty cool. You know, it could either go one way or another when you meet your hero, can't it? So a lot of, a lot of people leave really disappointed um and and think their heroes are flogs when after they meet him but it's definitely the opposite with jeff and i um yeah i love that guy and it's great to connect with him at world supercross and um yeah we obviously stay in touch it's really cool
0: yeah he definitely speaks really well on the sport and he's you know really generous with his time you know great bloke and great ideas and great thoughts on the sport so yeah he definitely (laughs) came to deliver that project and do all he can to make it as good as possible but you know with so much happening and you've been such a busy man mate I guess one of the sort of key tips for managing your time because it's obviously easier you know to allocate certain sections it must be difficult to sort of focus and prioritize your time work and in something that there's so many things to do or I guess your team sort of you have all designed roles and dedicated you know areas which you focus on is it a tough thing to manage?
1: Um, in our office we've all got you know um, these, these job titles, but we all kind of just get in there and get it done. We're all like, we're pretty much all across what everyone else is doing in some aspect. Um, so from, yeah, from that point of view, t- hints or tips, man, I think I'm the wrong, wrong guy after that. Now, just, just, just be really organized. I, um, I've, I've learned to be organized um, and do that extra mile. You have to, so the next day is not going to be that hard if there's any way that you can take some pressure off for the next day and help you sleep at night then then go and do it. That's the only tip I have really. um, Because yeah, at the moment, we've got a lot going on, like a a hell of a lot going on with supercross and, and world supercross. And even from a personal life with, with what I do with our kids, you know, we're super busy with them racing as well, but I'm probably, I'm the least stressed. I I don't feel stressed. I, I think, which is kind of weird. It's almost a worry in itself going into Adelaide next week. I feel like I should be, you know, really freaking out, but I'm quite calm, feel really organized. Um, we've got really good people around us. Um, you know, for example, we were uh, in a, a broadcast meeting before with our producer and and the commentators and, and the uh, technical team. And those guys are t- speaking a whole new language, right? I didn't have a fucking clue what they were talking about. But I they were talking to each other and they were agreeing and they were nodding and they were calm. So I'm like, well, these are the experts. If these guys know what they're talking about and they're agreeing with each other, then we're good. I don't need to understand it. And that's very similar to this. We've got really good people with, you know, with Australian Supercross. We've got great track builders. We've got great pyro technicians. You know, they've all been doing it for a long time. We've got the Really good uh, AV and lighting guys. They've been doing it for a long time. We've got Kevin Williams, um, who's our race day, you know, our race director. He's done everything you could think of with the, with Australian motocross and supercross. And I actually think that's one guy you should get on a show because I actually, as a fan of the sport, would love to hear his story. Um, you know, so we've got all these really great people around us. It's still not a big team, but it's a good team um, with a shitload of experience and knowledge. Um, and uh, yeah, you can just, you know, you can trust them um, and it's it's all going to go okay.
0: Yeah, mate, that's really cool. I guess you can tell that the state of the sport in Australia is definitely in a pretty good place. Obviously with the motocross, that series went down really well. Obviously, only eight rounds. People, the riders obviously want more rounds, but it is a logistical nightmare to organize. But I guess the media coverage is solid in Australia with obviously Moto Online and Moto Limited and MX yeah. Vice. I do what I can. But have you had a lot of media interest in wanting to get involved in the sport in your, you know, Australian supercross? And it seems to be going in a good direction. Obviously, you mentioned the TV package on Channel 7, which is, you know, free to air stuff in Australia. And then the SBS for the National Motocross Series and a pay TV option too. So that can only be a good thing, mate. It's pretty cool that, you know there's so much access to australian motocross when you look at you know some of the championships in europe and stuff they don't really have a terrific tv package and this kind of thing mate so and obviously the american stuff's had its issues over the years especially for australians so it's really cool that you guys are bringing the fans what they want to see the action and it's accessible and it's easy to watch and you know there's no stress about it so that's another really good string to your bow isn't it
1: it's good i mean pro mx did a great job their sbs broadcast was great um you know, uh, with Lee Hogan and Hammy, uh, I thought, um, they, you know, they're, they're brilliant presenters um, and we've got those guys for our um, TV package as well. So, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, Seven Plus do a great job. Um, it's, uh, you know, a really good platform to use um, from your couch at home and then obviously our new partnership with uh, WSX TV um, is good for international viewers. So, um you know it's great to to hear that feedback from you earlier that um that that you're hearing people from around the world talking about australian supercross so i mean i don't have too many conversations um uh with people about australian supercross outside of australia so it's always good to hear that and now fans um outside Australia will will get to watch it too and hopefully there's a bit of interest. Um, you know, Supercross is finished, Motocross is finished, SMX is finished, um, you know, we've got um Des Nations coming up soon. But hopefully they're still uh, you know, starved for some racing and they can sit back and um watch it um, you know, on WSX TV, whether it's live or whenever they wake up the next morning.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting, mate. And obviously you probably know the Lawrence brothers pretty well. You got the Jets and Merch on there, mate. Pretty awesome. How good is it seeing what those boys are doing overseas? So cool. They're just absolutely dominating, especially Jet. Just can't really say much more about him being Aussies. It's really cool. The Australian the Nations is lining up extremely well for us. Obviously, the Lawrence brothers, we hope Hunters in a pretty good state fitness-wise after getting banged up on the weekend. And obviously, Dean yeah. Ferris is an absolute weapon. He's shown that. He's got the fitness. He's got the experience. He's a really good starter. He's raced over there. He can sort of do it all. Obviously, Mitch Evans with the wrist was a sad one because, you know, he battled through last year with pain at the last nation. So obviously, he must be in some serious grief we're hearing with that one and just giving him some major gripes. So fingers crossed he gets back to full health and, you know, he's one of the most skillful, talented blokes out there. So how excited Mm -hmm. are you for the nations and how good are the Lawrence brothers, mate?
1: Um, Yeah, look... (laughs) aren't they unreal it's so good i mean they were always going to be um amazing i remember i had a great relationship with jet um when he was a a, a kid growing up and he was racing a 60 and we sponsored that kdm team he was writing for and and daz and um emmy as well like you know we i um you know have great memories of going to the junior nationals and spending time with them guys and i was never really that close with jet he was a little bit younger and um I never got the opportunity to look after him with gear or whatever. But, um, you know, they went on to do some and still are doing some amazing things. And I'm proud and always sit back with a bit of a smile on my face that I got to play. as a really small part, tiny, tiny part back in the day. And I often get Facebook memories pop up of um, Hunter tagging me on posts when he got new gear and things like that as a 12-year-old kid or whatever. So it was really cool. Um, I'm super proud of him. Lucas has done a great job with those boys, um, you know, as their agent. And, uh, yeah, I know what an exciting time that that it is to be a motocross and supercross fan in Australia right now. I know the boys are copping a bit of heat, especially Jet, over in the US at the moment. Um, that's to be expected. They did the same thing to Chad. They always seem to turn on whoever's winning for some reason or another. Um, but, you know, let's make the most of it while we've got it. Um, it's super exciting and, you know, we're – Uh, You know, we've got a really good chance to finally win our designations. You know, we've probably got the best team, but that race, everything's got to go right, doesn't it? Um, The French are looking really good too. So in my opinion, it's either going to be the Aussies or the French. and Yeah, it's just going to come down to a bit of luck, I think.
0: Oh, mate, it's going to be so good. It's going to be really great nations. There's heaps of depth. There's just so many teams that are right up there and we hope the Aussies can pull through, mate, that's for sure, because they're definitely due, aren't we? So, I guess, yeah, what you're saying with the Lawrence brothers, they're really paving the way, I guess, for the next generation of Aussies and same with this Chad Reed Cup. You're bringing in, there's just so much, you know, excitement coming in the sport and the talent's coming through. Obviously, the SX3 class and the SX2 and everything and there's heaps of talents everywhere and there's youngsters coming through all over the shop, mate. So, it's good you're bringing the exposure to them and I guess social yeah. media is obviously there's goods and bads about it, but obviously it's a very important tool these days to spread the word about your work. So what's your take on that, mate? Uh, I love
1: it. I mean, I um, embrace social media early. I'm still super active on it personally. I um, have a lot to say with it for Australian Supercross um, and, and World Supercross. So I think if you do it right, um, it's yeah, it, it's great and it's not going away. You have to, you have to be a part of it. Um, you know, you, you can do it. Um, not right, and it could look not great. But I mean, um, there's you know, for a little while there it was the, the marketing guy. It was, it was his role, or, or their role, or her role. But now it's such a specialized role for someone, and, and you know, you've got to have the people who are into it. Um, we've got a great team for World Supercross um, for social. You know, we've got the Russell brothers. Um, they're, they're brilliant at it, and, and I work closely with those guys and. Riley and myself work across it for Australian Supercross. Um, you know, and every rider these days, you know, they they really do it themselves. They, they've always got an expert doing it. You know, um, they, that'd be, you know, the, the big dogs is Supercross and Motocross would be lucky to touch their own social media. They've got people doing it for them. You know, I think Jet has a bit of fun on TikTok, but that's kind of where it, where it stops. You know, I, I'm not sure how much... Um, influence I'm sure they've got influence but how much they're involved in it day to day and and they can't especially with Jet where he is right now and the and the amount of flack he's copying I mean he's not going to sit there and read all that and you probably would if you were across it you know if you had it in your hand being a kid you probably would read it and they definitely don't want to be reading some of that stuff so um, you know there's always teams of people around these these riders and athletes doing a lot of it for him now.
0: Yeah, absolutely, mate. I know just on some of the MX Vice posts about Jet and Hunter Lawrence, even it's just results. One of them winning there, pylon's massive, and obviously it amplified with that Roxon incident. And then when Jet didn't win the first SMX, they were like, Yeah, the Americans showing him how it's done, even though he's just gone twenty two and oh. It's quite a fickle sport, mate. The fans forget pretty quick and what about know, the Europeans? How, how are there?
1: the Europeans feeling towards him? Like I know the Yanks are having a bit of a crack at the moment, and that's fine and to be expected, but what's the feeling like for the Lawrence brothers in Europe? Well,
0: speaking to the people, I speak to a lot of riders and obviously my boss and some other guys, everything's pretty positive, mate. They're just sort of in awe of what they're doing and trying to replicate how he rides the bike. I guess some of that outside noise when you speak to riders, they probably don't care so much about. They just purely want to watch him for the racing. And even if he's leading the race by 20 seconds, just looking at all the little things he does, you know, the body position, the head movement, the feet, the way he navigates sections, the line selection, the way he just doesn't seem to be trying. You know, that's sort of the main takeaways for me when you watch him. I don't really buy into all the hate towards riders because you know there's so much work that goes into you know doing what they do into to getting to level where they're at even guys that are 20th they're absolute weapons and anyone who watch them on a track and think geez they're probably the best in the world but that's the kind of scope I look at it from mate and I guess in Australia you don't really hear so much negative stuff either so we're I guess in two positions where we you know don't really feel and hate towards them but there's definitely there in America that edge isn't it
1: oh you can you can see some of the comments and it just is what it is it's a bit of fun it's a bit of banter I don't actually think it's hate it's just you know um supercross you know America's the, the mother the, the motherland for supercross and um they're passionate about it they've got some of the most passionate fans in the world and we love that and um yeah it, it is what it is I think it I just think it adds another element to it which is good and it's it's great as a, as a fan to sit back and watch it all unfold and like I said before as an Australian it's just where we've got a real exciting time ahead of us We've got a couple of Aussies doing really well over there, like, you know, back in the day when Chad was riding. And, and you know, you also can't forget what Metcalf did over there and, mm-hmm. and Riordan and, you know, Mossy when he was there. We've had a lot of Aussies go over there and do well. And I think it's unfair sometimes that those guys kind of get forgotten about. It's like Chad and now it's the Lawrence brothers. But there's been a few guys in between who have gone over there and done pretty well, too. You know, Ando went 1 1 at Southwick one year, and like there's, there's been plenty of Aussies go over there. So I think it's unfair to say these guys are paving the way because I think there's plenty, there's been plenty of Aussies before paving the way for them. Um, so, you know, it's just exciting times for us. Um, our series is looking really good. A couple of guys over there going well. We've got riders here going well. It's just a, a good time to be a part of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess from the Lawrence brothers, I obviously did that Europe trip first, that stint there. So a lot of the guys you speak to race them, whether it in German championships, European championships. So they know them from when they're kids. So they kind of have a respect of the path they've taken and what's gone into it a little bit more insight into maybe the average American fan that's seen them a little bit later. And I guess, the Americans, when you got guys like Vial, Shimoda, Ferrandes and the Lawrence boys coming over and taking wins and, you know, taking names, I guess you could say, they've just been really impressive, those international guys adding the flavour. So that probably doesn't sit well with some fans as well that are particularly patriotic and want to see their riders yeah. do really well, mate. But I guess to finalise the podcast, mate, finish up, What are your predictions? Who's going to win these stacked classes in the Aussie Supercross from your opinion, mate? You're well over it, so you've got all the bases covered. So who do you think's uh, got it covered? Do we see new champions this year, or are you back on Brayton and Anstey? They're going to be tough to beat.
1: Uh, They will be tough to beat, but three-round series. I mean, Newcastle's a triple header where all three rounds score points, so we've got five finals that score points. It doesn't leave a lot of room for mistakes, so it's going to come down to the guy who keeps it on two wheels. Um, do I, yeah, I've got to be really careful what I say here. Um, but I think it's going to come down the wire. Uh, you could say it could be Tanny. It could be Justin. Mossy is looking super fast on that cowie. Um, he's super confident. He's, I, I heard that, you know, like everyone says they're flying at the test track. Um, but I saw some videos he was flying at the test track. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I've got to be really careful what I say here. But, it's, we're in for a cracker it's going to be great five five races that score championship points over three rounds adelaide's going to be super tight you know you can't win it at first round but you can definitely lose it and man you could definitely lose it in adelaide um by having a really shit heat race and not even making the lcq so let's just wait and see um you know, this time next week we'll, we'll we'll be in Adelaide. What day is it? Thursday, the track will be finished and uh, we'll be getting ready for press day the next day. So I, I can't wait.
0: Oh, mate, it's so cool. You're doing a great job there for sure, mate. And before we wrap it up, I guess, would you like to say thanks or shout out to anyone? And just, I guess, maybe give the fans and listeners some other storylines to watch out for that are particularly interesting
1: you that we haven't covered yet. In terms of saying thanks, I mean, yeah, look, thanks to everyone for jumping on board and being so positive around the championship uh, going into round one. The feedback from you guys on podcasts and and in the media uh, and the, the, the DMs coming through from privateers has been great. So for me, it's just been brilliant seeing so much positivity going into round one um, when I'm sure a lot of promoters don't feel that and so, yeah, like I said, I'm super calm. Can't wait to get into it. It's great that everyone's feeling um, good about the series and positive and, and are stoked with the direction that we're going with it. So, um, you know, just let's, let's just all keep uh, moving this thing forward together.
0: Absolutely, mate. Well said. Before I let you go, we'll thank the sponsors again in Fly Racing, Monster Energy, Fox, Parts Europe, Scott, Bell Helmets, Acherbys, AS3 Performance, Kawasaki UK, KTM UK, O'Neill, and of course, even Strokes for their incredible support. As without them, there is no us. All right, thanks again for taking the time. Mick was a brilliant chat and all the best for everything as we head to Adelaide.
1: Thanks so much for having me on again, mate. I hope to see you at one of the races this year. I know you can't get down Adelaide, but hopefully you can join us in Newcastle. It'd be uh, great to have a a beer with you up in the stands and and watch some racing. And um, yeah, and hopefully we get to to do this again, uh, you know, post-season and uh, have a chat about it then.
0: No worries, mate. We'll do definitely plan to get to Newcastle. And yeah, all the best with everything, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you.